Welcome to The Drop, the homeopathic natural healthcare podcast. The views expressed in this podcast are my own, they're not to be taken as medical advice, and all listeners are urged to seek advice from a qualified healthcare professional for diagnosis and answers to their medical questions. You're with David Horman's Child, and the theme of this episode is Hay Fever with Homeopathy. With an abundance of people complaining of itching eyes, runny nose, headaches and excessive sneezing, particularly sitting around the high population areas of Melbourne and Canberra, the 2015 hay fever season has been proclaimed by media as the worst ever. So what is hay fever? Hay fever is also known as allergic rhinitis, is most commonly caused by an allergy to grass pollen, but can also be triggered by dust mites, mould, animal hair or fur, and air pollutants. Seasonal hay fever, such as that during spring, occurs where there's an increase in wind-borne pollen of certain grasses, particularly pasture grasses such as perennial ryegrass, which is Australia's number one cause of hay fever. Its, pro its primary symptoms are frequent sneezing, running a blocked nose, itchy red or watery eyes, itchy throat, mouth, um, nose and ears, and a cough caused by mucus dripping down the throat from the back of the nose. Other symptoms can include headache, tiredness and fatigue. In terms of the physiology of hay fever, the tiny hairs and mucus that line the nasal passages trap particles of pollen or dust or some other antagonist and the immune system of the person who is allergic to these particles will attack as if they're dangerous. The passages become inflamed and create more mucus. Hay fever is quite prevalent and according to the 2007-2008 statistics, over one in seven, which is approximately three million people, suffer from it. It is most prevalent during the middle years of life, specifically in the 25 to 44 year old age range. In terms of the impact of hay fever on people's life, it depends on the individual. For some it can be slightly annoying, but for others it can severely impair their quality of life, affecting sleep and causing them to underperform at work or school. Although most people manage hay fever with over-the-counter medication from their pharmacist, if you're experiencing persistent complications of hay fever, such as worsening of asthma or repeated episodes of sinusitis, please see your doctor. The conventional treatment includes use of corticosteroid nasal sprays and oral antihistamines. Avoidance of triggers is another strategy used, and apps and websites like melbournepollen.com.au, which list pollen counts and forecasts, can help those affected plan their days more. So what about homeopathy? This is an area where there has been some scientific research as well as traditional uh, methods. In terms of research, there have been a number of double-blind, placebo-controlled studies looking into the efficacy of homeopathy for hay fever, reporting positive results. These can be divided into three groups based on the strategy used. The first is isopathic. The second is where there's a complex remedy, and I'll explain this in a minute. And the third is when there's been one specific single remedy used on its own. The isopathic approach is where 
the specific substance that causes the person's symptoms is diluted using a method called potentization to make a remedy. For example, ryegrass rye is potentized to make a remedy which can be used therapeutically in those who are sensitive to ryegrass pollen. Generally, these studies showed that homeopathic treatment, as compared to placebo, produced a clear and measurable reduction in symptoms over the period of treatment, and improvement um, continued even after they stopped taking the medicine. The second approach, which is where a complex remedy is used, is where a mixture of different remedies are combined together to work synergistically. In one study, a total of 155 people participated. The first remedy consisted of a mixture of euphorbium, which is the hero ingredient of this mixture, combined with pulsatilla, luffa, mercurius, um, mucosa basalis sui, hepa sulfus, and argentum nitricum, and a sinusitis nosode. The other was a smaller mixture of euphorbium, pulsatilla, luffa, and hepa sulf. In each case, participants were instructed to use two sprays to each nostril four times a day for four weeks. Information from questionnaires as well as findings from fiber optic scope and ultrasound examination of the sinuses were recorded at the first appointment, um, again at the second and four weeks, and again after treatment had concluded at the four-month mark. The results indicated that first homeopathic solution was more effective than placebo, improving such symptoms as nasal congestion, sensation of pressure and headache. The second remedy did not prove effective. The third approach is where a single specific remedy is used, such as the remedy Glafamia Glauca, for the eye symptoms of hay fever. So far, there have been seven double-blind placebo-controlled studies involving a total of 752 participants evaluating the potential benefits of this remedy for this purpose. In one of these, involving 201 people, the treatment group received the remedy in a liquid solution of 43% alcohol and a placebo in an identical solution. Improvement was noted after two weeks, and the benefit of treatment over placebo continued to increase throughout the four-week research period. In terms of the traditional approach to homeopathy with hay fever, it can be again divided into two groups, those remedies that are given for, for, for relief and those to lower the susceptibility and recurrence of symptoms. For relief, the following have been mainly suggested by John Henry Clark who is a UK-based medical doctor and homeopath from the 1900s, but also from other sources. The first of these is Sabadilla. Sabadilla has violent sneezing with tears, redness and swelling of the eyelids, contractive stupefying headache. This can also be sprayed up the nostrils in tincture form mixed into water. Allium sepa, which is actually a um, potentized onion, is for frequent sneezing, a lot of irritating nasal discharge and tearing eyes. Paradoxically, this remedy can be doubly indicated with the discharge being worse indoors and better in the open air. The sufferer can also tend to feel thirsty. Arsenicum album is where there is exhaustion with the hay fever. There is stuffiness with copious burning nasal discharge and violent sneezing. 
those who tend to do well with arsenicum tend to be restless, anxious, and exhausted. Gelsimium is with hay fever with excessive sneezing. There could also be great fatigue here and even horrible headaches. Nux vomica is for stuffiness with nasal discharge, um, dry, ticklish, and scraping nasal sensations with watery nasal, nasal discharging with a lot of sneezing. Those people who are irritable and impatient tend to do well with this remedy. Euphrasia covers a picture of nasal, nasal discharge with stinging and irritating tears. The nasal symptoms tend to be worse when lying down. Histaminum. For people who find that antihistamines provide relief, may find that histaminum is helpful for when they would ordinarily take an antihistamine. In terms of lowering people's susceptibility in the first place to hay fever, chrome alum, according to Clark, covers a large number of cases and is valuable as a protective if given before the season sets in. Arsenicum, which we spoke about previously, can also be used two weeks before the season and for two weeks after the season to lower susceptibility. Serinum is often used for those with chronic hay fever during the off-season to, minif- to minimise the tendency to hay fever. It may take a couple of seasons before this fully kicks in. Another indication for serinum's use is for people with great sensitiveness to cold air and with a strong desire to lie down. There are also desensitisation protocols in homeopathy, and this often involves alternating different potencies of histaminum and the specific allergen in isopathic form, for example, ryegrass, over a number of weeks to retrain the body's reaction to the trigger. Some of the remedies mentioned in this podcast should be available from homeopathic pharmacies, which service the public, but when in doubt, for a tailored, individualised homeopathic treatment plan, visit your local homeopath. There's also information for booking in with me on the Holistic Notion website. And that takes us to the end of this episode, and I hope that it has given you some insight into the use of homeopathy to support individuals with hay fever. The links and references mentioned in this episode will be listed at the end of the episode's show notes at holisticnotion.com forward slash The Drop. Thank you for listening. The Drop podcast is brought to you by Holistic Notion. For more information on natural health or to find out how to make homeopathy part of your healthcare plan, visit www.holisticnotion.com. Thank you.